in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Then he gives a contrast in verse number 4. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but but the way of the ungodly shall perish. So we need to understand two concepts when it comes to being rich. Number one, you can be rich and be blessed spiritually. But number two, you can be poor and be blessed spiritually in your life. And sometimes I think we think to ourselves, at least the world anyways, thinks to themselves, oh, they're really blessed because they have a really nice house. They're really blessed because they drive a a, a really nice car. I almost named a car, but you might have it, and I don't want to. They're really, really blessed because they have, and they have, and they have, and they have. And sometimes we look with material eyes instead of looking with spiritual eyes. There's certainly nothing wrong with, with having money and having things. Matter of fact, we get confused when we make the statement that the money is the root of all evil. Uh, that is an incorrect statement, and that's a, a miscommunication of the Word of God. It's the love of the money that is the root of all evil. Money is not evil. It's in the hands of, of who the money is, is when it becomes, or when it can become uh, evil or ungodly uh, in, uh, in a person's life. When anything, whether that's material, whether that's money, whether that's uh, uh, people, when anything gets in your life and takes the place of God, that's a bad thing. It can turn to something ungodly. It can turn to something uh, 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 evil in our lives if we're not careful. Blessed is the man. If we really knew what it was to be blessed, we would much rather be blessed than rich in this world. If we really understood when God talks about being blessed and He talks about showers of blessings in our lives... God's not always talking about the things that you put in your bank account or the things that you put in your house. He's not always talking about material things, things that you could hold or things that you can spend. Many times and often when God talks about blessed, He's talking about spiritually. How can I be rich? How can I be prosperous in my life? I don't know that I'll ever have enough money for anybody to call me rich or enough material things to call me rich. But have you figured this out in life? Life has has a lot to do with perspective. Some people may look down their nose and say, oh man, he's got an old house. Oh man, she's, she's got an older car. Oh, those clothes aren't, you know, those clothes aren't real new. They're not from a designer's, designer store. Some people... Look down at other people like that. But then there's other people that look and say, oh my goodness, he has a car. Wow, they have a roof over their head. Man, they got clothes that aren't ragged and got holes in it. 
Isn't it about perspective, how you look at things? And sometimes when we look, we don't look at the ones that are disadvantaged. We always look at the ones that have more than we are, or have more than we do, and we get jealous. And we get envious. And oh, if I had. Have you ever heard this, or have you ever made this statement? Well, let me tell you something. If I won the lottery, let me tell you what I'd do with that money. Right. Let me tell you what money often does to people. It corrupts them. Often money and things will overwhelm a person that normally wouldn't do something. Do you know what? Do you know what I figured out? God knows best. God knows best. He knows uh, uh, where your strengths are. He knows uh, where your weaknesses are. And listen, we need to put our prosperity into God's hands. How to be prosperous. Let me give you a couple things. Look with me in verse number 6. First of all, the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. How can, we be, uh, how can we be prosperous? We need to be settled in the way. We need to be settled in the way. We are here in this world for a short period of time. How do I know that? Well, you, you're predicting when people are going to die. No, 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 no. If you live to be a hundred... Would we all agree that that's old? I'm here to tell you, I don't know that I want to live to be 100. But 100 years, if you talk to somebody, if you say to a lady, how old are you, you're, you should get smacked. Okay, So you don't ask a lady how old she is, right? And you don't tell somebody that they're old unless they're 100. If they're 100 years old, you're safe to say, huh, you're old. I mean, 90-something-year-old people say, I'm old, okay? 100 years is a long time. But in light of eternity, 100 years isn't even a a twinkle. 100 years isn't even a blink. Because listen, we are going, I want you to understand this, because I think we miss it. We are going to live forever. Saved, lost, every single person is going to live forever. Now, we're not going to live forever in this body, praise the Lord. Some of us are really glad about that, right? Because it got aches and pains and, I mean, all the things that go on with this body and the body wears out. We're not going to live forever in this body. But one day, when we pass from this life, we are going to go and be somewhere forever. For the righteous, we're going to go with, uh, we're going to go and be with God and we're going to live with Him forever and forever and forever. But for those that are ungodly, those that have never placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they too are going to live forever. But they're going to live forever separated from God. Separated from God in a place called hell. Separated from God in a place of torments. A place where where the fire is never quenched. A place where there's torments day and night over and over and over again. A terrible place. A place of the ungodly. It's not a place where we're going to go and hang out with our buddies. It's a place of torments. What do we need to do? We need to be settled in the way. What do I mean by the way? Do you remember in John 14 when Jesus was encouraging his disciples because they were beginning to get discouraged? He said, let not your heart be troubled. Do you remember that? In verse number 6, he talks about the the first few verses, he talks about 
uh, that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come again. I've got this beautiful place that I've got for you. In verse number 5, Thomas asks the question, Lord, how can we know the way? I want to go to that place. How do I get there? How How do I spend eternity there? Jesus, you're talking about this place. How do I get to this place? Jesus said this in verse 6. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus said this. Really, in layman's terms, this is what Jesus said. I'm it. I'm it. I'm the answer. I am the, let me tell you what that definite article the means. It means I am the one and only way. I am the one and only truth. I am the one and only life. There are not many ways to get to heaven. There's only one way. And if you've not got that way settled, you need to get that way settled. You can have all the riches of this world, but what good is it going to do you if the inward man's perishing day by day? Outward man, listen to me. Sometimes we get the, we get the, we get the uh, cart before the horse. Sometimes we try to get all cleaned up on the outside. Sometimes we try to do the best that we can. I remember hearing the gospel for the very first time. And I thought to myself, there's no way that God would save somebody like me. There's no way. And so what did I do? I tried to, I tried to make some tweaks and I made, I made some turns and I tried to make my life a little bit better here, make my life a little bit better there so I could at least be presentable before God. Let me tell you something. You are not presentable before God. You're a sinner. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. No, not one. Not one of us. There's not one of us that can stand in heaven and go, look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Look who I am. No, to every one of us, you know who we are? We're like the publican that, 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 that bows his knee and says, don't, don't, even, don't even look at me. We're like John the Baptist who said, listen, I'm not, even, I'm not even worthy to latch your sandals. I'm not worthy because we're not worthy. And listen, because we're not worthy and because we're sinners, we need a Savior. And Jesus Christ is that Savior. He is that way. He is the way. And can I encourage you this morning, if you've not got that settled, get it settled before it's eternally too late. You see, Jesus came. He left the glories of heaven. He came to this sin-sick world. Not because he needed to be redeemed. Jesus is perfect. Jesus is sinless. Jesus is God. Why did he come? He came because you need to be redeemed. Because I need to be redeemed. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he hung on the cross. That's why he died. That's why he was buried. That's why he rose again the third day. And he rose again the third day so that you could have life that you could have it more abundantly. Get settled in the way. Number two, if we're going to be prosperous, not only do we need to get settled in the way, but we need to get separated from the world. We get separated from the world. If you're a Christian and you know Christ as your Savior, there should be something different about you. 
2 Corinthians 5, 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Or all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. We're new creatures in Christ. Before I got saved, I wasn't anybody that you'd want to hang around with. I was, a, I was mean. I was sinful. I mean, if it could be done, I did it. I mean, I was just mean to everybody. You ever heard the statement to, uh, he'd, he'd fight at a drop of a hat? Yeah, I, I'd drop the hat. I mean, I'd fight with anybody. I didn't care. I was just an ungodly person. And then God saved me. And when God saved me, I was on the USS Jack Williams. Guided missile frigate. I got saved by my rack. When I got saved, I trusted Christ as my Savior. I didn't know much about anything, but I knew this. I was a great sinner, but Jesus was a greater Savior. And I placed my faith and trust in Him, asked Him to come into my heart to save me, and He saved me. And I got up. I had a year left on that, on that ship. A year. Man, I'm telling you, God started working in my life. I stopped doing this, and I stopped doing that, and I tried to start doing this. And, I, and man, I'm telling you, you wish, I wish. Don't you wish people always encouraged you? People always came up to you and patted you on your back and said, I'm glad you're trying to make your life better. People aren't like that. A lot of people aren't like that. It was their goal. Listen, the last year of, 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 of my military uh, service, uh, I was on that ship, and, and it was their goal to get me to cuss. They told me that. It was their goal to get me to go to the places that I, that I used to go that I don't go no more because, you know what, it's just, a, it's, just a, it's just a phase he's going through. No, 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 let me tell you something. When God saves you, he changes you. We're different. I'm not perfect. By the way, that was a lot of years ago. I'm still not perfect. And neither are you. We still make mistakes. But I'm here to tell you, we shouldn't be making the same mistakes that we made 20 years ago. That's what sanctification is all about. God's working on us so that we might be separated from this world. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you. God says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. What do we want? We want a little taste of both. We want a little, little bit of the world, and we want a little bit of the church, and we want a little bit of ungodly things, and we want a little bit of godly things. And let me tell you something. We need to separate ourselves from the things of this world. Now, I want you to understand a differentiation between two things. There's a difference between separation and isolation. God didn't say to isolate yourself. God said to separate yourself. So let me tell you what separation and isolation is. Isolation is I'm getting away from you because I don't want to be around you. I'm not getting around anybody else. I'm going home. I'm getting in my recliner. Don't knock on my door. Don't call my cell phone. I don't visit me. I don't want to see you ever. I want to isolate myself. Let me tell you the difference between isolation and separation. Separation is I'm separating myself from something to something else. 
You see, when I separated from the things that were ungodly, I replaced them with things that were godly. I separated from uh, the things, the places I shouldn't go to separate myself to the places that I should go. See the difference? Separation. It don't mean you isolate. You're going to be around people, right? You've got to be around coworkers. You've got to be around family members that are lost. You know that they're lost. You don't isolate yourself uh, from them. You be an example to them. That's what separation is. Sure, you'll get called names. Sure, people will, 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 will pick fun at you. But let me tell you something. When you stand for God, it's going to matter. And when you stand for God, when you stand before God, it's going to matter. You see, when you stand and when you cower to man, and when you cower to the things of this world, and when you cower to the, to the, uh, to the ungodly, when you stand before God one day, you're going to be without excuse. Be without excuse. And so when we stand before God one day, let's, uh, let's uh, say that we have separated ourselves from the things of this world. Separation from the world. Verse number one, he said, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the scene of the scornful. Just decide. Make the decision. It's, listen to me, it's not really that hard. Just choose. Now, now, I know sometimes we get into addictions, and sometimes I think that we have this idea that addictions are like alcohol and drugs, and, but there's a lot of addictions that we have in our, in our, in our life. If you can't put, I've, I thought about this the other day. So I was thinking about, you know, you know how hyper I am about my books. I just, I just absolutely love my books. I'm pretty sure I'm addicted. There's worse things to be addicted to, but I love my books. And, and how do I know I'm addicted to it? Because the, there's some books you can't borrow. There's some books I don't lend out. There's some books that I have in special areas. There's some books I'm not going to sell. I don't care if I went bankrupt. I'm not selling them books. Those books are very, very, very important to me. And I'm telling you, I am addicted. I'm addicted to finding books. I'm addicted to finding Bibles. I mean, I just absolutely love it. Let me tell you something. An addiction is something you can't lay down. Some addictions aren't bad. But, you know, collecting books and Bibles is certainly not bad. But there are some things that take over our life, right? Some things that absolutely push us in this direction or push us in this direction because they've absolutely overwhelmed us in our life. And sometimes it takes somebody else pointing those out to us. But it takes us. It takes me. It takes you to say, enough's enough. I'm going to separate myself from the things of the world and separate myself to the things of God. You can't do both. You can't serve God and man. You can't straddle the fence. You've got to choose you this day whom you're going to serve. Settled. Get settled in the way. Get separated from the world. Get saturated with God's Word. Allow God's Word just to pour into your life. How often? I'm not going to ask you to say this out loud, but I want you to say it in your heart. How often do you read God's Word? Because if God's Word's a priority to you, you're going to read it. You're going to study it. Paul told Timothy this, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. 
God wants you to know his book so that we might be able to give an answer for the hope that lies within us. Listen, we spend a lot of time watching TV. There's shows. Listen to me, growing up, my mama never missed her show. This was back before, like, DVR, where you can DVR something. I'm telling you, if she had to leave us kids at the supermarket to make it back to get to her show, she was going to watch her show. Most of you know, the soap opera, I don't even know what show it was. It was one of those soap operas. And I mean, she, I mean, she watched that thing faithfully. I think some of them are still on from when I was a kid. I mean, she's probably still watching it. I mean, we watch a lot of TV. We read a lot of books. We don't, when it comes to our hobbies, we like to do it, right? You know, there's two things about hobbies. Number one, we spend time. And number two, we spend money. Some hobbies are more expensive than others, aren't they? I'll never understand. Now, God bless you. And Brother Johnny's outside. No, no, there he is. Uh, I thought you were out there. I'm going to say it anyways, Brother Johnny. I've never understood golf. I've never absolutely understood golf. I, I tried it one time, and my ball went like this every time. I mean, it didn't matter which way I turned, no matter what thing I hit with. I like to go to Top Golf. But other than that, I can't. I just, I, I just can't do it. But let me tell you something. Do you want to be good at golf? It takes a lot of practice. It takes a good amount of money. You played golf lately? It's not, it's not a cheap hobby. But people that love golf will go out and golf in 85 degree, 90 degree weather. I, I just, I'm driving by and I'm going to myself, how are you standing out there hitting a ball and chasing it around? I don't get it. I don't get it because it's not one of my hobbies. But I'm here to tell you, when we went to Pennsylvania one year, and they had this great big 500,000 books, book sale. 500,000 books. My parents, my dad and stepmom met us there in Pennsylvania this year. And we were up there, and they had it outside and all under tents. It's Pennsylvania, right? It's nice and cool. It was like the most unusual weather for Pennsylvania ever. It was so hot. If you know me, mm-mm, I don't do heat. It's like 68 in my house, and I have like four fans blowing on me. I don't like to be warm. I'm standing out there in the heat. My sneakers, the bottom of my sneakers melted on the concrete. My dad, who loves the heat, said, you are outside of your mind. What is the matter with you? And I'm taking theology books, and I'm taking commentaries, and I, sweat's pouring off me. I'm drenched. They're all in the car, nice and cool, air-conditioned. But, man, I, I didn't care about the heat. Why? Because it was something I was passionate about. Right? Something that we're passionate about. If we're passionate about it, we'll spend time on it. We'll spend money on it. Let me tell you something. If you're passionate about the Word of God, you'll spend some time on it. You'll spend some time in it. Saturate your life. If you want answers, God's got them. Right? God's got the answers. I mean, if you need direction, God's got it. 
If any man lack wisdom, James says, let him ask of God who give to all men liberally, breath not shall be given to him. God wants to give you wisdom. He wants to give you direction. Let me tell you what we are. Here we are. And I'm not trying to be cruel and I'm not trying to be mean. But our bottom line is 99 times out of 100, we're just too lazy. The bottom line. You know what we know? We often know what our Sunday school teacher told us or our preacher told us. But what if your Sunday school teacher or your preacher is wrong? They can be, by the way. By the way, they're often. Some of those people that you're watching on TV, they ain't hardly ever right. But you know why we don't know that? Because we don't study the Word of God for ourselves. We need to be able to give an answer for the hope that lies within. Where's that answer come from? It doesn't come from the recesses of your heart. Your heart is above all things desperately wicked. What the Bible says about your heart. We don't get it from our winsome personality. Where do we get the answers? We get the answers from the Word of God. I'm not, I just don't, I'm not a good reader. I don't like to read. Well, then, then get something and listen to it. I mean, you can have anybody and their grandmother reading the Bible to you. I mean, every famous person. I mean, everybody has somebody reading the Word of God to them. There are apps out there that are free, by the way. It's on CDs. I mean, it's all, it's all over the place that you can get the Word of God. We are without excuse. Start saturating your life with the Word of God and watch how it changes you. Let's bow our heads for prayer. This, this, this morning, our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. There's never been a time in your life where by faith you receive Jesus into your heart and your life. And I encourage you this morning to get that set, settled. Don't wait. Don't put it off. Don't hesitate. There's nothing more important than where you're going to spend eternity. You say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved. I'm not sure if I'd die right now. I'd go to heaven to be with God, and I'm concerned about that. Would you pray for me? Just slip your hand up this morning and right back down, and I'll pray for you. I'm not going to come to where you are. I wouldn't embarrass you in any way. I just want to pray for you by need. I'm not sure about my salvation, preacher. Please remember me in your prayers as there one. Maybe you're here and you're saved and you know Christ is your Savior, but there's some decisions that you need to make. You need to decide where you're going to stand. You stand with the world or you're going to stand with God. Separate yourself from the world and saturate your life with the Word of God and allow God to change you. Allow God to work in your life. But He, I promise you, He will make all the difference. Let's stand together, head bowed, eyes closed, instruments playing this morning, a hymn invitation. And I invite you to come this morning. That's what we do on Sunday mornings. We have an altar call. Maybe God's...